The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Falling Through the Cracks. Feel alive and thrive with Dr. Rebecca Risk. Do you ever feel that even though nothing seems seriously wrong and you pass all the medical tests, that you still feel that your health, pain, and fatigue are completely out of control? It doesn't have to be that way. Listen to the tips and suggestions given on our program today and take back control of your health. Now, here is Dr. Rebecca Risk. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Falling Through the Cracks. I'm Dr. Rebecca Risk, and I'm here today with Lillian Pearl Bridges. Lillian is an authority in face reading and diagnosis for Chinese medicine. She is credited for bringing this body of ancient knowledge back to the field of Chinese medicine and introducing it to Western medicine and business. Lillian is the founder of the Lotus Institute and trains students in her comprehensive master face reading certification program. She is the author of of the book Face Reading and Chinese Medicine. Welcome to the show, Lillian. Thank you so much for having me. So I guess the um, the first question is, what exactly is Chinese face reading? <laughs> well, it's, it's a very ancient um, science, basically, and it, it's an observational science, and the ancient Chinese wanted to find a way to diagnose, and originally the reason why it started um, is that the doctors weren't allowed to palpate women, and um, they would have to use a, a little statue, and, and the, the emperor and his many wives and concubines and things, would, the women would point out where in their body they had pain on the statue, and they'd have to look at the face to try to find if that corresponded, like where exactly was that. So there's a very strong connection between the parts of the face and the parts of the body. And even in Western medicine, you'll find that same thing. You'll find that the, you know, if your liver is not doing well, your eye whites will get yellow and you have jaundice. So it's, it's a very specific connection to the organs and how the organs are functioning. And how did you get involved in this? <laughs> well, that's, yeah, that's an interesting story. I, I'm half Chinese and half um, uh, Pennsylvania Dutch, and um, my mother's family is an unusual one. My grandmother specifically, her family has been doing face ring for generations, and they passed it down. And she learned because she was the favorite child, not because she was a girl. Usually girls didn't learn. And because she learned... Um, she did it. She did it really well, and she did it all the time. And I love my grandmother, and I sat by her side and watched her read faces, and I spent years um, learning just by being there and asking a lot of questions about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so was she uh, doing it in a, as a practice setting? She actually was a businesswoman, and she did it um, in every way. She did, it, she did it to hire people. She did it to help people with their health, and relationships, whatever. And she was a very wise woman, and so... Um, and, and part of the use of um, face ring has always been diagnostic, and the other part, of course, is for medicine or matchmaking. And she was good at all of them, and I, I watched her, and um, she had a wonderful way about her. And um, afterwards, I didn't get to ask while she was reading them. I would ask after, and I would ask all these questions. I was always a very curious kid. So um, I learned a lot by just watching and watching her put it all together. 
which I think is the, how apprenticeships uh, yeah. have worked over <laughs> thousands of years. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so when you do a face reading on somebody, mm-hmm. what is the first thing that you look for? Well, it depends on the person, obviously, but what I teach all my students is you've got to see what pops out to you. And I have um, a kind of a belief that it's really important to, to make people feel good about themselves. We all know what's wrong with us most of the time. And so I, I usually start off by commenting on something that's quite wonderful in terms of an inherent personality trait or um, something very strong. And so I'll, I'll mention that, but I always um, try to kind of give a synthesis of what I see rather than specific things and saying, you know, you have this kind of, <clears throat> excuse me, eyebrows or this kind of jaw. I'll try to take a look at um, how those things go together to give a, um, an overview of the person's personality. And then I will work with the health and I will work with... Um, the facial map and the markings from the past that show traumas. There's a lot of things to see in the face. So what's the facial map? Um, the facial map is very much like rings of the tree. And so whenever anybody, you know, has trouble understanding that, I, I just say if you look at a tree ring, um, you can see whether it's a good year or a bad year. You can see whether it's been, you know, enough water or enough sunlight or whatever, or they were attacked by bugs or fire or something. And the, and the face is no different. There's literally this map that shows when something traumatic or stressful happens to you, you mark your face. And it's really fascinating to be able to look at someone's life and track, you know, what they've been through. And it shows specifically, you can't see what happened. You just see how old they were. And so the person has to tell you. But it's, it's fascinating to read someone's facial map. So I, um, can you give us an example of where this map would be? I, I remember reading this in your book. It started on the ears through the, mm-hmm. as they it age. Does, yeah. I actually had a great story about the first time I taught doctors. It was many years ago, and I was in a room full of doctors, and I was mentioning this, and it looked like a few of them were a bit skeptical. So I said to them, I said, you know, most of you have a very similar marking in the middle of your forehead. And I said, that means you did something really stressful around, you know, mid-20s. I said, any of you have any idea what that would be? And I said, before you answer, I said, several of you have different ages where it shows stress. And someone raised their hand and said medical school, and everyone burst out laughing because they all had this marking that showed they'd gone to medical school, except for the few who'd gone either earlier or later. And so they literally had marked this very intense time period on their face as being stressful or traumatic. And that's, <clears throat> that happens to everybody. We just mark when it's important to us. So, I mean, there's a lot, a lot of people try to cover up these marks with Botox yeah. or they'll do facial. How do you feel about doing that? The bangs and all that. Um, you yeah. know, look, I, I consider these particular markings to be kind of like Boy Scout badges. You know, I, I learned how to build fire or whatever. And the other markings are actually caused by emotions, and those are pretty easy to remove. So I, I spend a lot of time with those, helping people let go of emotions so they don't hold on to the, the wrinkles. And so some wrinkles are quite easy to remove. The ones from life experiences is not so easy because they're important. They, they remind you of what happened. Well, we're supposed to learn or we don't grow up, I suppose. <laughs> we're supposed to learn, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, when you're doing a read on someone, we went over, you look at those positive things. Do people come to you looking for certain things or do they just have that overall reading with you? Um, I think everybody has different different intentions of coming. Um, I don't literally diagnose in my consultations because I'm not I'm actually not a doctor, or not an acupuncturist, I'm a specialist in facial diagnosis. If they have health concerns, I will certainly tell them that they should take a look at you know different organs and have tests done and go to see a doctor. Um, and I recommend people to go 
to all different kinds of practitioners. Um, what I mostly do is I work with people on understanding who they are. And I think I, I'm a really good reminder of helping people get back to, to their, their true nature. And we, we get so confused sometimes with all of the ideas of who we're supposed to be or who our parents want us to be or who our spouse wants us to be. And we got to remember that we have this very strong core, the spirit basically, that, that is, needs to be seen and, and brought, up, brought back out again. Uh, that's um, quite beautiful, actually. <laughs> the, 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 I really, the, I really love to to read people. So, yeah. Well, I think we're all trying to to do that, and we just get so jumbled up. So we do. Um, it's, that's it's a, very confusing to live to live in this world. <laughs> yeah, definitely. There's, there's a saying in Chinese: if you want to know somebody who somebody is, um, go back to before they were three, and they say that 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 young young child is who a person really is, and. Um, you know, being a mother, I have to tell you, I, I still look at my kids and I can see that three-year-old. And I think we forget to be that, that really wonderful little being that we used to be. Yeah, we get tied up in what we're taught to be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I, 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 your book was actually quite um, inspiring to me. I read it oh, a wonderful. few times when it first came out. I tried to learn it all, but I think every sentence had about three important points in it. <laughs> So, <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> um, so I'm still working on that. But I know one thing that really stuck with me was the different sides of your face representing right. different things. Yeah, that's a very interesting one. I use that a lot in business because it's really quite interesting to see who someone is acting like and who someone really is. And it's quite fun to do photographs where you put together the two right sides and two left sides. Often my students will say, oh, I look like I have an evil twin or something. It's not, it's not that, that you're that different. It's just that you tend to hold on to emotions that you don't want to let out. Um, and so usually the left side will hold on to things more than the right. So if someone says, oh, I'm feeling great, but you look at their left side, you can see, oh, they're really very stressed, they're very tired, or they're really not feeling very well, but they're saying they're okay. And so I, I tend to say, look left. You know, look at the left side of the face to see how someone's really doing. Well, and, and I, I know in your book, I mean, this, this struck me because I'm actually quite a private person personally, uh-huh. and I have to be very serious at work, but I'm, I'm not a very serious person. So <laughs> <laughs> I tend to smile just on my left side. Oh, interesting. I used, to, yeah. I used to start laughing, and my left side would go up first. So I actually had a stronger sense of humor than I showed. I used to show that I was much more passive. So I, I get that one. Yeah. <laughs> I show the smile on the right side, too. The smiles are always good, I think. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's it's a, good there's to a smile. Study that you yeah. smile with your eyes. Um, this is called the Duchenne smile. You actually release endorphins. So I'm, I'm a big promoter of smiling. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Me, too. <laughs> So um, can you talk a little bit about how you can see Shen in the face? We've talked about Shen in other shows, but you can tell us a little bit about what that is and, and what well, you're I, looking for. I really care for. about Shen because that's, you know, that's a spirit, and that's kind of the intrinsic spirit that we're born with. And I think that much of what we do in Chinese medicine is about um, working with the Shen. And um, honestly, when I talk to people about you know things like... Um, you know, spontaneous healing, I think we're really dealing with Shen. And I think the spirits decided to come back in and, and say, okay, no, I just want to be here. So I, I really care about it. And the way that I work with it, I mean, as we know in Chinese medicine, Shen shows primarily um, through the light of the eyes. And it's the backlighting. And it's all, it also shows through the skin. When someone's Shen shows through their skin, when they're glowing, that's a really good sign of health. Um, and what I look for is, you know, what turns the shen off and why the shen gets lower. So when I ask questions, I actually monitor the shen very heavily. I, I look 
with every question, what lights you up, what shuts you down, what brings you out, what pulls you back. And so I start to work with people <clears throat> on bringing out um, more of the Shen, taking away the obstacles to being that spirited person that we all are. And, and so what are the most common obstacles you see with that? Um, usually past trauma, um, but I also see people playing too many roles. And I think that we forget that we shouldn't be our roles. It should be us, you know, in a role perhaps. But I don't think that we should be um, acting in ways that are not who we really are. And so I, I work a lot with people on, on, on being authentic. And um, often the traumas will, will shape us and so that people will have this kind of layer of sadness over their spirit or grief over their spirit. And those things are things we have to go through, but I think sometimes we hold on to them longer than we need to. Yeah, that's important because it, it, it's important to feel, you know, those emotions. But, Absolutely. Um, yeah, emotions to are pro- process them. helpful. Yeah. Um, so I know the face shape is quite important in, in the reading. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Face shapes are kind of funny, actually. I call them picture frames because they can change pretty rapidly. I, I'm always amazed how fast a face shape can change based on what we do. They're very highly correlated to um, roles at work. So, for example, if you have someone who becomes a manager, they almost always grow a jaw because it's really important that they have a certain kind of authority that the jaw brings, which is you know, standing for what you believe in and, and holding firm. And so um, managerial ability will, will give you a jaw. You'll grow it. Um, so there's actually quite an interesting aspect about that. And um, face shapes, are, they're kind of changeable. They're, they're, they don't change fast, but they change fast enough that um, you're not permanently set in that particular regard. Because of the hairline, it's quite easy to, to change. And the bone's not as easy to grow, but you can grow bone. Just get your teeth for a while, the jaw will grow. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. You can use but yeah. <laughs> get those muscles build up. <laughs> well, the muscles go. aggravate the bone. The bone grows. So, yeah, so I think, I think being a manager is hard work. If you grit your teeth, it's like, uh, you know, and this goes with being a mom, too. It's like being a manager at home. And uh, a lot of women I know get much stronger after having kids because they have to grit their teeth a lot and stand their ground when their kids are pushing them. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, so now are you looking for some five element theory in a lot of this as well? Yeah, the, the face shape is, is only one of many. There are, of course, the five elements in that as well, but most of the time I look to see how the organs are doing. And so I'm going to look, for example, to see um, you know, how the liver is doing or how the heart is doing or how the you know, stomach is doing. And the five elements correspond to the five features. It correspond to the five colors. And so I'll be looking for the five elements in multiple ways on the face based on shape and size and color and markings of the face. Okay. Um, so, and what do the eyes show you? The, well, the eyes are actually that place where we, we mentioned Shen, um, but they show a lot in terms of um, the pericardium. And the pericardium is the heart protector. And the heart protector is what keeps the heart safe. And when you have, for example, eyes that are held very narrow, it either means that your heart protector is very strong or it means that you're very mental because the heart energy goes from either the heart or comes from the brain. And so people with narrowed eyes tend to be very mental. I mean mental in a good way. They're, they're very analytical, very logical, very factual, thinking a lot about details where someone with more open eyes is going to be more emotional. It doesn't mean that they have more emotions. It means they show them easier. They show them um, 
more often um, because you can look in and you can and put out from the eyes. And so it's really quite personal, and, and the eye sets, I mean, in terms of how you hold the lids, is something you can control quite easily. So, so is that something that you can learn to change yeah. as well? Yeah, you can change yeah. your, uh, the, how you hold your eyelids very easily. Yeah, and so then... kind of unconscious. Yeah, you, so you if walk, you're really emotional, you can... Yeah, would you be able to just change how you're holding your eyes, and then would that change how you're showing the emotion? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, (laughs) I do actually do something called emotional qigong with my students, and I make them practice expressing and receiving emotions, and I make them watch the eyes because the eyes show so much. And and the eyelids themselves do help um, express or receive. And, for example, if, if you see someone who's getting angry, very often the eyes will get narrowed. Um, with a lot of, of course, of the emotion of anger showing through the eyes. And it's because they're closing down their heart. But oh. narrow, narrowed eyes doesn't mean they're always closing down their heart. It just means they may be very very um, thinking-oriented. Okay. They may so have very deep emotions. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> okay. So um, we're going to take a quick break, and then uh, we're going to come back and talk about this some more. Today we're talking about Lillian Pearl Bridges. Uh, she is an authority on Chinese face reading and diagnosis, and she's giving us some insight today on how to um, do some face reading. So we'll be back shortly. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Ouch! What do you think of when you think of dental procedures? Well, when you think about it, the teeth and the rest of the body are strongly connected. What happens in one part affects the other. In the Tooth Body Connection with host Dr. Don Ewing, we'll explain more about these concepts as well as discuss the role that your teeth play in your overall health. You'll learn about amalgams and how removing them the wrong way can be toxic to your body. Tune in Fridays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. The largest syndicated alternative health talk program has come to the Voice America Network. The Dr. Bob Martin Show is the program that will answer your health questions and help you to heal your own body of many different ailments. Each week, you'll hear the answers that Dr. Bob gives to his callers that help them to be their own doctor most of the time. We'll also discuss developments on the health care front and what you need to do to keep your body in top form. The Dr. Bob Martin Show airs Wednesday mornings at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Falling Through the Cracks with your host, Dr. Rebecca Risk. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email directly to Dr. Risk. The email address is anantacalgary at gmail.com. Now, back to Falling Through the Cracks. 
feel alive and thrive. Hi everybody, thrive. welcome back to Falling Through the Cracks. I'm your host, Dr. Rebecca Risk. I'm here today with Lillian Pearl Bridges. She's the author of the book, um, Face Reading in Chinese Medicine, and she's also an instructor. And she's here today talking to us about how um, what Chinese face reading is. Um, so Lillian, can you just, um, I guess, tell us what, what would be a health indicator that somebody would look for if they were trying to protect themselves? Well, there's so many, and I think the easiest thing to do is look at coloration that's not normal. I mean, certainly sunburn is one thing, and that's that's temporary, but, but when you start seeing different colors, there there are things that can definitely be seen there, and you can see, for example, inflammation shows up as red in certain areas, and it actually shows inflammation in certain organs, and so almost every part of the face corresponds to a certain organ. And let's say, for example you're concerned about your lungs, and if your cheeks are, are chronically red, you're, you're actually seeing inflammation in the lungs. Or, um, and the skin is part of the lung system, so it could actually be a rash that comes from um, skin irritation. But there is very specifically um, ways to see how well each organ is doing. Okay, so um, what would it, you know, you said there's a rash. Are there other colors to look for if there's something yeah, else there's going dark, on? Yeah, dark, which is stagnation. Um, often you can see, like, for example, blood clotting in the, in the tip of the nose, which will show that the blood is actually, you know, kind of coming I mean, too thick. Um, you can see that someone's got yellow, which, may, which means putrefaction. Um, quite common in the digestive area because that's what we do with our food, but in long term it's not good to have it there all the time. Green, of course, is um, an infection um, and toxicity, which is definitely not a good thing. And white is frozen, which is also quite common. Um, there are times when certain organs just aren't functioning well, and so there is a, a kind of a white look. Um, anemia, for example, is one of those things where it's not of blood. And so you're going to see all kinds of different colors based on specific areas of the face, and every organ has places that you can see how that organ's doing. So where are the organs placed on the face? Well, there's, there's, there's many areas. It's kind of a macrocosmic and microcosmic organ um, structure on the face. Um, I mentioned the liver one before, and to give you an example, the, the liver is called the tree, right? And um, the area of the face that corresponds to the liver, the, the jaw is called roots of the tree, and the eyebrows are called leaves of the tree. And so you can actually see kind of the fundamental structure of the liver. And I, I tease my students a lot, but when you have really strong eyebrows, you've got a very strong liver. And uh, often it means that you drink alcohol well because the liver likes getting aggravated. You exercise a lot. You can get mad easily and well. And so, you know, you're going to see some things with the liver there. It's not the primary place to diagnose how the liver is doing. That's the sclera which is the white of the eyes and or the area between the eyebrows, which is called the seat of the stamp. But let's say, for example, I have a lot of older um, clients and they are on multiple medications. Someone who formerly had very strong eyebrows, when they take too much medication, their, their liver will get impacted. And if, if it does get impacted, the eyebrow hairs will fall out. So you'll see that that's a sign the liver needs some support because it's, it's just being over, over, um, overused. Okay, because um, I know sometimes the edges of your eyebrow, if the hair falls out, that can be your thyroid as well. Yeah, thyroid's involved too. Liver, liver has overaction on the thyroid as well, and it can also be gallbladder in some cases. If the liver is really, str- the eyebrows are really strong, the liver is strong, and you'll see the back part of the eyebrows can fall off. It can also be gallbladder, so it's gallbladder or thyroid, depending on how thick or thin the eyebrows are. Okay, and where would the digestion show up? Well, it depends on which part. <laughs> the stomach right. shows right above the upper lip, 
and that's one of the areas that I do actually look for frozen stomach, which is kind of an interesting one. Um, you know, it's winter right now, and I was, I was mentioning to you earlier that I'm making a lot of soup because it's cold outside, and, you know, you want to keep your body temperature up, and, and soup is very nourishing, and, and a lot of people... Um, tend to eat wrong for the seasons. And when you eat too many cold foods, too many raw foods, when it's, and your body's not, temperature's not very high, um, because you're, you know, a cold-blooded person, then you really need to eat hot food and you need to drink hot tea or whatever. And so I see a lot of people with very white, um, areas above their upper lip, which means their stomach is frozen and they should be eating cooked, warm <laughs> food. And certain foods are warm, like ginger, that help uh, digest it a lot. So the stomach shows there. Okay. And where do the, um, the intestine show? The small intestine shows up right at the lip line, the upper lip line. And, um, you know, you can see a lot of things. There. You can see inflammation. You can see frozen there as well. There may be maybe not enough enzymes. Um, the large intestines start showing at the rim of the lower lip and you can certainly see all kinds of things there in terms of, of digestion, constipation and things like that, irritable bowel you know, inflammatory stuff um, and it goes around to um, the, the, the lines that are called um, purpose lines which are actually the, the sides of the, of the between the nose and the mouth on the sides of your face there and so you can see all of the digestion kind of in a in a circular area there. So would the, that show up in the same way as kind of ch- Chinese medicine theory where it would be red if there's inflammation or right. purple and or any, stagnation? Yeah, and you're going to see, for example, stagnation will show up with kind of this yellow-green color, which is very common under the lower lip, for example. Um, and so I do look at that and say, oh, there's something going on there with the digestion. So um, it shows very specifically. Um, it's, it's pretty easy to see. And sometimes, sometimes stagnation shows up, something's you know, held there way too long. Or, um, But I, I see all the colors in, in those areas. And where do the kidneys show up? Kidneys show up underneath the eyes primarily. Um, and that's a really, really good place to monitor. And there's a kind of an interesting um, story I have to tell you about my, my grandfather. I was a very um, active child, and so I was very kidney deficient a lot. Didn't sleep enough and big dark circles all the time, and he was always feeding me soup because he thought soup was the best thing for the kidneys. And with the whole bone broth thing, it's actually quite good for the kidneys to, to take bone broth. So he's always, you know, pushing soup at me, and he would always check underneath my eyes, which is one of the first places I learned to diagnose. And and my grandmother would just cl- you know cluck at me, you know, not enough sleep, you know, not enough rest. And so I learned about kidneys pretty young, and I monitor my under eye areas really thoroughly, and. Um, People who have chronic dark circles are just not paying attention um, because this area can change really easily with the right amount of rest and the right amount of sleep and the right amount of minerals to hold the water. And, and so once you start seeing the sunken um, area there, kidneys are saying, excuse me, I need help. And if it gets darker and it gets really sunken, you've got to take care of your kidneys. So in, in my family, my grandmother's eyes actually got quite sunken into her head before she died. Would right. that be and, just a <clears throat> severe kidney deficiency from over time? Yeah, and the kidneys are, you know, start to fail at some point. And so yeah. you're going to see that um, this, this particular trait can change really fast. I, I teach in a way that shows it's kind of like a, like a tide. You know, the tide goes in, the tide goes out. Underneath the eyes, you're going to see that if you start, you know, getting sunken and dark, it'll start underneath the eyes, and then it will start getting really 
um, far out there, under, out to the outside corner of the eye, if you get even worse, then it'll go up around the upper eye and around mm-hmm. to the outside corner. And so when you see the whole eye socket sunken, you've got pretty severe kidney deficiency. And when it's really dark, the kidneys are, are not working. And so you're going to see, for example, dialysis patients will have very, very dark um, eye sockets. Okay. And when people get the, uh, you know, the puffiness under their eyes, what's that? Yeah, very common. <laughs> There's a saying in Chinese, this area is called um, unshed tears. And traditionally, it's thought that when you have bags under your eyes, you actually have tears to cry. And people go, oh, but I was drinking last night. And I said, well, you're probably drowning your sorrows. <laughs> you <know? laughs> but it's, it's literally, if you cry, those bags will go away. Um, but also it means that you have excess mineralization. So you need to actually flush um, the system. And um, there are also natural diuretics you can take after you flush, but, but really you want to, to remove some of that um, excess minerals that are built up. Okay. Um, and where are the lungs represented on the face? Lungs are the cheeks. If you start hollowing your, your, um, your cheeks in, that, that area where you can hollow the two sides, you know, if you make fish yeah. lips, <laughs> that area is the lungs. And... It's a really um, kind of interesting area. I was raised um, with the understanding that this area had a lot to do with what's called the breath of life. And it's, it's an area called money bags as well, which is an interesting, interesting um, name for it. This area has, um, I mean, it shows how the lungs fun- are functioning. So when someone doesn't breathe deeply enough, they are going too fast, they're you know, over-exercising, um, overworking, this area will suffer because the lungs want to live a kind of more even lifestyle. It's like breathing goes in and out and in and out, and we tend to speed that process up too much and, and try to you know, breathe really fast by running, for example, or breathe really fast because we're in a hurry. And the lungs get quite harmed if you don't release enough out-breath. And so this particular area shows a lot about how, um, how well you're, you're cleansing the lungs. And so when you see someone with lung problems, whether it's a cold or the flu or you know, something worse like bronchitis or emphysema, you're going to see varying degrees of hollowness um, and coloration showing up in this area. And then what's interesting is that this area, as part of the money bags aspect, um, which is the earth and the metal coming together, um, there's a saying that when you have plump cheeks, you have money bags. And people always say, but I don't have money. And then I tell them that money in Chinese medicine isn't, isn't money, it's energy. And so when you have plump cheeks, it means you have energy to spare. And they, there's a joke in Chinese that says, if you have money bags, the money will come. So <laughs> it doesn't mean you're a little lottery. It means that you'll actually you'll be really healthy so you could work well and, and make money. Okay. Um, where, the, where is the heart represented? It's on the tip of the nose. And um, not a very easy place to diagnose, actually. If you, if you look at the body, the, the heart is in the middle of the chest and then the lungs are on either side. The nose traditionally has, has always been the, um, the lungs. And right there in the middle of, of the sides of the nose is the heart along with the tip of the tongue. So there's several tips that you can look at for the heart. And the tongue shows more of the blood, um, how the blood is doing. So if you start seeing purple in the tongue, that's even a bigger indication of stagnation of blood than the tip of the nose. The nose tip shows blood flow. Um, it shows the amount of blood. It shows um, things like clotting. It shows things like 
inflammation of the arteries. It you know, encourages plaque formation. It shows, unfortunately, um, heart muscle damage from heart attacks um, with coloration. So all the colors show up there. And the one I like the least is actually when the nose gets kind of dark. Okay, and what is that representing? Bullish. Um, that usually means clots are likely. <laughs> and okay. clotting is much more dangerous than narrowed arteries. It's, it's really the clots are the issue. So whenever you see darkness, you know, pur- like a purplish or grayish color of the nose, the whole nose, you're looking at the, the blood not, um, not, be- not moving enough. And so I, I recommend you know, a number of things people can do to, to move blood. Go to acupuncture, uh, for example. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I mean, one thing that people think of, well, I, I don't know, I, that I learned long, long time ago was when the nose starts to look like that, it's just because somebody's drinking a lot. But I guess what you're well, saying, that's not necessarily yeah. what's going well, on. Drinking harms the arteries a great deal. Um, yeah. And what I, what I see most of the time when I start seeing purplish or grayish, it usually means atrial fibrillation. Okay. So I, I do look at that and send people to, to get tested because you know bl- blood's pooling somewhere. It could, you know, look, it could be that the blood is pooling somewhere else, like deep vein thrombosis or whatever. But regardless, clotting is not good anywhere. So <laughs> that's one of the ones I really look at. Uh, yeah, that's true. Um, so where is the spleen represented? The spleen actually is the upper eyelid um, and one side of the, of, of the mouth. Um, I don't really diagnose spleens very much, honestly. I, I, most of the time I see there's, there's an area of the upper eyelids and then right between um, the eyebrows, below the eyebrows, is a spleen area. And most of the time what I see there is when people worry too much or they concentrate too much or think too much. And so the spleen gets quite damaged or if the eyelids are puffy, um, it tends to mean spleen dampness, which is not necessarily a bad thing. It just means that you're not distributing fluids well and there's some... You know, edema, but most of the time I look for the emotional aspect of the spleen. And what's that telling you? Well, when someone has very, very deep lines on the um, the upper part of the bridge of the nose, like below the eyebrows, um, they're usually using way too much mental uh, ability. Usually worry, usually overthinking, like the kind of concentration that really takes effort, and they're wearing out their spleen. So um, I, I really work with them on not worrying quite so much. Which I, I think we all do in some aspect. <laughs> takes <laughs> well, take some effort not others, to. Yes, we all worry way too much, I think. <laughs> yeah. um, so in, in all of this, uh, are the ears representing anything? Well, there, there's actually two um, levels of the organ. Um, manifestation. One is the vital feature and one is the diagnostic feature and they can be the same one. Ears are about the kidneys because they look like kidneys actually and they mean um, different things. For example, when someone has much larger ears, it's a sign that they have the ability to take risks um, or someone with smaller ears is actually more cautious and careful. Um, what's interesting about that, though, is often when kids are younger, they'll try to prove that they're braver than they are with small ears. And they'll do things that later on they'll think, they'll think oh, why did I do that? That was so crazy. Um, but they did it to prove that they were braver than they thought. And actually, the larger-eared people are much more courageous, um, ultimately. They're, they're much less fearful. Okay, that's interesting. Fear, fear is the emotion of the kidneys. And so the bigger the ears, the less fear. Mm-hmm. One of my jokes is um, I used to go to Las Vegas because I had relatives there, and I didn't like to gamble, so I'd walk around and look at people's ears, and the, the higher the stakes, the larger the ears. 
So you'd walk by the big poker tables, and if they didn't have big ears, they'd think, why are they, why are they here? They're terrified. Whereas the bigger ear people would be much more likely to be able to gamble. It doesn't mean you always gamble if you have big ears. It just means the people who have big ears can gamble better. <laughs> Or just maybe feel more comfortable doing it. <laughs> yeah, or they, they can take the risk. They know they can come yeah. and bounce back. <laughs> <You know>? Yeah. <laughs> okay, this is um, definitely a, a fascinating topic. We're going to take a break, and then we're going to be back with Lillian Pearl Bridges, who is the author of Face Reading in Chinese Medicine. And um, we're going to hear a little bit more. If you have any questions, you can call in, or you can um, send us an email at nanticalgary at gmail.com or message us on Facebook or Twitter. We'll be back shortly. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. We are bombarded daily with information about beauty products and anti aging treatments. Do you know how they have been tested? Are they truly going to make a change or just take the change out of your pocket? Tune in to Shelly's Show and Tell with host Shelly Hancock. We'll bring you the top rated skincare products and treatments tested by Real Transformation Skincare Centers. We'll motivate you to make the best changes. Listen Mondays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health and Wellness. In the spirit of Have Couch Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Falling Through the Cracks with your host, Dr. Rebecca Risk. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email directly to Dr. Risk. The email address is anantacalgary at gmail.com. Now, back to Falling Through the Cracks. Feel alive and thrive. Hi, welcome back to Falling Through the Cracks. I'm Dr. Rebecca Risk, and today we're speaking with Lillian Pearl Bridges. She's the author of Face Reading in Chinese Medicine, and she also has a Master Face Reading Certification Program. Um, so, Lillian, can you, we talked about wh- where all the organs are and the, the map of the face, but I know every organ is related to um, emotions, and, and I mean, that's basically a lot of what we go through in life. Where are these markings on the face? All of the wrinkles that are not horizontal are actually emotional markings, and there's lots of them usually. And um, what's interesting is that they're quite easy to make if you keep on making expression. They're also fairly easy to let go of if you stop making that expression and or you release those emotions from your body. And so, I mean, there's so many. Um, I'll just give you an example of a couple of ones that I really like. Um, I love the lines on the sides of the eyes. Um, they're often called crow's feet. 
But in actuality, they're fabulous lines. They're the ones I mentioned before that do Shen's smile. They actually show that you have um, a very happy heart. And so you can laugh and smile easily, that you're fun and um, enjoying life. If they get too big, you might be a little bit hyperactive <laughs> or even manic, but then you might need to actually, you know, not be quite so happy. But, but otherwise, they're considered fabulous lines, and um, I really like them. Um, another set that a lot of people have are the ones between their eyebrows, and um, those are the ones that, in, that show that you're impatient or irritable or annoyed easily, and usually it has to do with time, that people are very pressed for time, and that particular area of the face shows that you have time issues, and, um, and, and therefore you get impatient or upset easily, and it's the liver being a bit overactive. Those are a couple examples. There's many, many more. So how does somebody um, go about letting go of these emotions? Well, well there's actually an emotional map. Um, just like there's a facial map of life experiences, an emotional map, and every, every wrinkle um, corresponds to a very specific emotion. And so, for example, grief lines. Um, let's just talk about those for a second. Grief lines are the ones that come from underneath the eyes and go down the cheek area, Okay. And there's very personal grief that comes from the inside corner of the eye down the front of the face, which are the hardest to let go of. Um, that's kind of a, a, almost like a major disappointment about oneself. And the ones on the outside, from the outside corner of the eye down, are actually fairly easy to, to work with. Um, most of us you know, experience grief in our lifetime because life happens and people die. It's, you know, it's quite, quite difficult um, to, to deal with grief. But when you process grief well, when you lighten it over time, um, the wrinkles, um, the ones on the outside uh, of the cheek, they actually tend to go away. Um, and I personally have, have lost a lot of grief lines, and I think it came from understanding that um, death is you know, part of life and that, that some recent deaths that I've experienced with, with family members have been good deaths, you know, very spiritual, very, very peaceful, very um, timely. And so when you come to a place where you let go of grief, um, the wrinkles go away. And I've seen a lot of people lose grief lines um, within actually a fairly short time of talking about their grief and processing it. Um, so it, when, when I first read your book, I had um, in the same month uh, taken facial acupuncture course, mm -hmm. which I had waited years to do. And then I... I immediately wasn't sure if that was what I wanted when you look at, you know, the lines you talked about before being our lessons, which is always what oh. people want to get rid of. Mm -hmm. And uh, to me, it just seemed like something that, you know, instead of doing acupuncture to get rid of, like you are saying, to work through or sometimes to carry that like that badge of honor. This is something that I've learned. So I'm proud of it. I think we have a very unusual um, look at wrinkles that we, we, we're so concerned about aging, you know, and I think aging is a glorious thing, actually. I think it's so wonderful being older and wiser. And so I don't, I don't mind wrinkles. I just know that sometimes we hold emotions so strongly and so deep that it impacts our health. And that's when I look at that. So if you have too much grief, at some point the lung function is going to be hampered. And so... I, you know, I ask people often, you know, what are they holding on to? It's, it's, um, it's not easy work, by the way. People have to work hard you know, to, to let go of grief. But when they do, the, the, the system gets so much better. The immune system gets um, enhanced greatly because grief is the number one emotion that lowers immune function. So I, I tend to work with grief probably more than any other emotion. 
Um, where would depression show? How would that show? Well, depression isn't a wrinkle, interestingly enough, and, and anger isn't either. They're, they're too, the, those emotions don't show up that way. Depression shows up as a hollowed uh, and dark color in the temples. And it can also show up as kind of a hollow, darkened area between the eyebrows as well, and it's, it's pretty strong. And sometimes it goes all the way down to the jaw. And what's interesting there is that depression and addiction look very similar. So it can be addiction that shows up as well. And um, the darkness is actually, it can be temporary, it can be you know, long-term. What you're looking at, at those, that the liver is not functioning and may have help people do something. So liver depression needs to do to get out of depression. And so that's the true depression is when you feel like you can't do and you need to do. And when you start doing things, it helps the depression a lot. So it's a, it's a distinct coloration, a kind of a shadow in the temple area. So this would be different than if somebody just had a strong vein in that area? Yeah, veins are really different. This actually looks kind of grayish. It looks very gray there. Okay. And um, it's pretty common, you know. I I I, I see it a lot. Um, I also know that um, after depre- after um, excuse me after grief, depression is the next most difficult emotion for the immune system. And um, I I personally think that that action is is very important for this kind of depression. So I, I always recommend action of some kind. Okay, which is probably really hard for them to do as well. Very hard. I also recommend yeah. acupuncture, and I, I, you know, there's, there's so many things you can do. But uh, healing the liver in terms of like food, the liver responds very well to food, for example. Okay, and where does anxiety show? Anxiety doesn't really show up as an emotion, um, as a wrinkle. Um, it shows up more in the shen, and you'll see that as a vibratory frequency. The shen changes where it's a very high frequency. Okay, kind of like a wobbly frequency, if you know what I mean. Okay. So, like, you would see that in their eyes or in yes, their... Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Yeah, it's a vibration. It's a vibration in the eyes. Okay. That's mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. Um, so, is um, is there any other markings or anything for emotions that we haven't... Oh, well, there's so many. Your next favorite. The facial map is, is, is really... Um, there's a lot of wrinkles, and so there's, everyone means something. I'll give you a couple of examples. Uh, people who have lines below, well, actually, I should say, people have lines above the upper lip. Um, let's, let's start with that one. That one's also very common, and that's over-nurturing other people. When you're giving too much of yourself away. And I kind of joke about this one a lot with my students, but I, I'm quite convinced that if you start taking care of yourself, they go away. And one of the things that you want to do in order to get rid of these lines is to give yourself um, gifts, you know, give yourself pleasure. You actually have to get rid of guilt. And so you have to do something that costs so much money or, or, or give yourself so much time just for yourself to actually feel guilty. And when you feel guilty, these lines start to go away. So I have all these students going out in shopping sprees going, oh, I'm getting rid of my wrinkles. <laughs> but it does work. <laughs> um, that's really good advice, Cillian. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's, it's a really interesting set of markings because it really shows that you've overgiven. You've just given your earth energy away. And if you keep on doing that and you don't get anything back, then often you get the lines underneath the mouth, which means that you are starting to resent that. There's some, some bitterness that shows up. And then lines on the side of the mouth um, going down or disappointment, 
which has a lot to do with expectations. And um, if, you, if you let go of expectations, you don't get these lines usually, but it's hard to do. And, uh, you know, disappointment is something that shows up a lot when people get older. It's like, oh, I'm disappointed this didn't happen or that didn't happen. So I see that. Um, fear shows up in the chin. And so when you see lines in the chin or coloration in the chin, you're seeing um, fear there. Okay. Quite hard to mark there, but it, but I'm seeing more and more of it. Okay. Um, are you seeing more and more of it recently just because of the way, you know, the economy and the kind of... Yeah. I, <laughs> I have seen more fear probably in the last few years than I've seen most of my life. Um, I'm seeing younger and younger people getting very fearful. We have so much fear going on about, you know, terrorism and, you know, airplane crashes or whatever. And, and I see that there's a lot of fear going around. And, you know, fear is, a, is an interesting, interesting one because it really depletes the kidneys. And I try to help people um, with fear a lot because I, I, want, I want them to, to feel like they have some measure of ability to handle things. And what I tell my students is the more you fear things happening, the less energy you have when they happen. So if you let go of your fear and just deal with things as they come up, then you'll have a lot more energy to, to handle things. So it's, it's a hard one to teach people to stop being fearful because it's quite pervasive. Yeah, and, and sometimes it's ingrained in us. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, well, I, yeah, I think we're taught to be fearful. <laughs> I think we're yeah. socialized by fear. You know, I, I remember as a, as a younger woman, I was so afraid people wouldn't like me. And getting older, one of the most liberating things in the world is at some point you don't care anymore. People like you or not. It's like if they like me, great. If they don't, fine, you know. And people like you more when you stop caring. <laughs> so, <it's> just, <laughs> so the fear of being liked goes away <laughs> get older. <laughs> so um, one of the things that um, I focus on a lot in my practice is uh-huh. Lyme disease. Is there a way that you can recognize if there is some sort of infection on the face? That's a bit of a tricky one. Um, you know, I do have a number of clients that have um, Lyme disease, and it's, it's, it's a very complicated um, um, disease and a lot of different symptomology. Um, certainly, of course, people all know about the, the bullseye rash and all that. But down the road, the most difficult aspect I found is the neurological. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's the, neurological conditions don't really show up that easily on the face, except they show up in the shen. And what you'll see, if, you know, if, if, you, can, if you can read it, is um, glitches. Um, in the neurological system, so you can see the changes in the Shen. Um, when you're talking to someone, you can see um, when um, someone gets forgetful or someone um, has lack of clarity in their thinking. You can see that kind of thing, but there's no telling that it's Lyme specifically. It mostly just shows the neurological issues that are going on. Okay. And do you, are, are, are viruses the same? You know, somebody sick, would you just see that in the lung area or is there other ways? Usually, whenever you, <laughs> it's kind of interesting, when you see virus, when I see viruses, um, the liver tends to show any kind of infection. And so the one area that I would look at, especially with early onset, for example, for Lyme or any kind of viruses or bacteria, what you do is you pull down the lower lid of the eye, and then down in the, the area of that um, sclera, you can see coloration. And when you have a viral infection, it tends to look a bit like um, hard-boiled egg yolk. You know that kind of yellow, gray, green color? Yeah. That's an infection. Okay. 
can't say what kind of infection, but you can see it's an no. infection. And when, when that know, stays that color yeah. for a long time, you have an infection that's been hanging around for a while. So that's, it, sometimes the whole eye, eye color can get that way. And so that's really what I look for, look for in terms of infection okay. in the long term. So, um, I, I mean, I, I, I find this topic fascinating. I'm so glad that you shared this with us. And I know that you have a, a certification program in face reading. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, I have um, um, a master facing program that I offer in Seattle and in Hamburg, Germany. And it's, it's um, three modules of five days each. And it's very, very intense, actually, in that um, you learn how to read faces um, very, very well, but, but you also start with learning about yourself because really in order to read other people well, you should know yourself well so you don't project, you know. And so we cover everything. We cover the, the really specific details of the face. And, and I have my students practice actually on um, people who come in to be read. And um, when they are done with the program, they go out and start reading faces as well. And since my kids are not interested in becoming face readers, I have to pass this on, you know. <laughs> So that's I consider my my students kind of my kids, you know, in a way they're um, they're all different ages, but um, I really love um, contributing, you know, to the profession and and um, bringing through something that my family has done for many many generations. Yeah. So, is there a way that people can get a hold of you? Yeah, they can go to my website, which is the Lotus L O T U S Institute dot com, and um, all the all the programs are there. There's all kinds of classes actually, and I just opened up my new office in Seattle, so now we're in Seattle. And um, for those of you in Canada who want to come down, I would love to have you <laughs> or anyone. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> or Europe. Th- thank you so much for. Um, for sharing with us today. I think we could have probably done multiple shows to get to the nitty gritties <laughs> if you've got uh, five day programs. Um, but uh, this I was for a long time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think so. This was fascinating. So Lillian Pearl Bridges um, does have a book. It's called Chi- um, Face Reading in Chinese Medicine. So if you want to know more, you can um, get the book and it's, it's very detailed. And Lillian, I want to thank you for um, coming on the show and sharing with us today. Thank you for having me, Rebecca. I really enjoyed it. Thanks a lot. Yeah, thank you. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, This was a great show. If you have any questions, you can send us an email at anantacalgary at gmail.com or message us on Facebook or Twitter, and we'd love to hear your thoughts and comments. And um, we want you to make today a great day. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of Falling Through the Cracks. Feel alive and thrive. Please join Dr. Rebecca Risk again next Monday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We'll talk more next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.